All right. Hey, hey, everyone. What is up? We are live on location at the Greater Grand Forks Fairgrounds. Welcome to Big Screens and TV Streams. It's Thursday, June 22nd, 2023. Uh, yeah. So we had a, a bunch of fun getting things worked and going and live, but we are live. So welcome everyone to the show. I'm Dale, along with Victor. Hi guys, what's going on? Like Dale said, we're not in the studio right now. We are outside, live, on location at the fairgrounds. I feel like we're in Terrifier, honestly. Cause <laughs> Terrifier. I, I'm just surprised that a, a silent clown is not attacking all of us right now. But yeah. it'd be so cool if it did. <laughs> Big shout out to Paul here too. One camera set up today, it's so different. Yeah, yeah. It, this has been an interesting day. We'll, we'll see how it goes. Yes. And if people are watching us live in the chat, we want to hear what you have to say. We're going to be, we got a huge show lined up today. We're going to be talking about the new Transformers movie, the oh, new yeah. Flash movie, uh, Bloodhounds, hit new Netflix show, and a bunch of news. Victor has an epic action figure showcase like no other. I think you saved the best for the fair here. This is cool. Oh, absolutely. I, so we're, we're, we're going to be talking about it all here. And, uh, yeah, so, and then if people are happening to be getting to the fairgrounds here early, I know, I, I think they officially opened the gates at four, but I know some people are kind of coming and going a little bit. Uh, with Dirty Thursday, there was a little bit of a crew watching here. Uh, we got some awesome GFBS swag here, so just all you got to do, come up to the table where we're broadcasting. We're at the beer gardens right by the River City Speedway grandstands entrance and by the concession stands, and uh, just come up with a question or comment for about, it could be about any film or TV show you've been seeing or a recent recommendation. We want to hear what you guys have to say. Always up for what the viewers have to say. So, and then we're giving away uh, GFBS koozies, cups, and uh, new cappies. Very, yeah. very cool. Paul, I think you got one on, on your beverage you, there. You yeah. guys yep. got to check this out, man. This is so freaking cool. Like, you can, it, it can cover your drink, and it also is a cool way, so you don't have to scratch your fingers at all. You just, and it's already open. Yeah, well, uh, especially for when you're watching the uh, racing, you know, you get all that dust and everything. It yeah. gets kicked in the air. Everybody always puts their thumb over it. Yeah. Well, this, all you got to do is just twist it, and you're good. Yeah. So, yeah, so just come up. Come, come and on then up. I also initialed mine, so I know which, <laughs> which, which, uh, which drink is my beverage. Yeah, because that's happened a couple of times where somebody hasn't drank somebody else's beer and a fight has broken no, out. No, no, but I have made the mistake already once today, but I only did it once. Don't forget to take it off yes. before you throw away your <laughs> beverage. Yes. <laughs> Could be a bad, bad uh, just muscle memory built in there. Mm -hmm. yep. But, uh, yeah, so much to cover. Um, we got a couple of uh, headlines here we'll cover here. Um, I guess the first one, this one was kind of a little bit of, I, I should have seen this coming out a long time ago, but it, it, just the announcement still took me by surprise. But longtime Wheel of Fortune host Pat Sajak announced that this coming TV season of Wheel of Fortune, the 2023 to 2024 season, will be his last season for the show, at least on air. He will still be sticking around as a behind-the-scenes consultant for three more years, but uh, he's been on the air nationally for Wheel of Fortune for 41 years since yeah. 1983. <laughs> what a run. I mean, I grew up with the show. It's still on, I think, CBS locally, I believe, on, like, between 6 and 7. I had, like, the childhood and even into, like, uh, past like high school for years if I would come across on cable, good old cable TV Will Fortune Jeopardy block one hour that was quite the stretch what do you guys think Pat Sajak one of the best all time greatest game TV show host so what I'm curious about did Vanna White is she still doing it I believe Van White is because I, I know she she said she was still doing it but I think without I that. saw I saw a post that somebody put up I don't know if it's real or not but apparently she was on the Price is Right 
Yeah. Like as like a, a contestant. A, oh, yeah, actually the contestant. Wow. Well, because they, they had gotten mad. Actually, they were starting like uh, the late night wars they were doing was that she kind of switched back and forth. And they were a little bit mad at each other because they were like, well, she is going to be on my show. And if you don't like that. And then, of course, she's like, guys, come on. I can be on both. And so they didn't want to share her. So they were like, well, you have to make a decision. She's like, I'll just go with Pat. You know, I can stay with Pat still and go with you. It doesn't matter. And so it was kind of weird how that happened behind the scenes because she had done both shows and she said, I could do both, I swear. But, yeah, she's been around pretty much the whole game circuit for people, a long time. People in the chat know for sure, let us know. I want to say when I last stumbled across it, you know, seeing Wheel of Fortune on, uh, on at the gym or somewhere in the background or just good old traditional TV surfing. I, bet, I want to say it was like two or three years ago I last saw her still doing it with Pat there. But well, uh, and, and Pat itself, I, I don't know if a lot of people knew this, but I don't know if it was Vietnam or the Korean War, but he's a he's a vet. Oh, oh heck yeah. We'll give him a big old crowd applause for that. Yeah. Heck yeah. So, yeah, Pat Sajak. We'll, oh, yeah, Pat. We'll wish you the best in your post-Wheel of Fortune endeavors, but still one more year for Pat on the air for Wheel of Fortune. 41 years it'll be. Major, major big ups. So next news topic is uh, Disney announced uh, several delays for some of their films over the next that were supposed to come out over the next year. Uh, the first big one, I know Avatar Way of Water, the second uh, movie, if they filmed the third Avatar movie alongside with it, kind of like uh, Matrix 2 and 3 and all the Lord of the Rings movies, filming them all at the same time. And the first movie was, or the, the next, the third Avatar movie was slated to be released in December 2024, but now it got bumped back to December 2025, a full year. So a <laughs> little bit of a buzzkill. Yeah, uh, that's too long. But uh, I, I knew that's why I say, ladies and gentlemen, don't get attached to these dates because they will change extremely. So I guess if there's at all any bright side, I guess Avatar 2 coming out in 2023 was like a 14-year wait between Avatar 1 and 13. 2 or 13. Well, it took years to make the first one oh, yeah. because he didn't have the technology back then. So, but At least you don't have to wait 13 years. You only got to wait, uh, what, two years. So, I mean, a little glass half full perspective, but uh, it still sucks a full year delay. And then another delay uh, I also got here, Avengers Kang Dynasty is being postponed from May 2025 to May 2026. Another year full delay. I didn't hear any reason why, so maybe they're... Do you think potentially they want some of this uh, controversy uh, to blow over here with Jonathan Majors? Yeah, they're going to wait for him to get out of like, prison. Like, dude, <laughs> like, hurry up, man. Maybe the like, Ezra, gosh. Maybe like, the, hurry up, yeah. dude. Maybe the Ezra Miller. Did he officially get sentenced, or is it, it's still going through the whole trial it's, stuff, it's still, right? It's still going, because after, after the movie got released, they then said, we don't know your future yeah. here just yet. So, well, we, I mean, we know he'll be for sure in the Loki, new season of Loki coming out later this year. Yeah. And uh, I guess we'll just have to see how things pan out. Maybe they're hoping things will blow over or be settled by that time, summer yeah, of 2025. Well, because they're not going to waste all that money, all that time that they built and mm -hmm. said, when this is done, we will decide your future. And if you do, it, it's if you get off. We will talk after that. <laughs> and then also uh, another delay, uh, Captain America Brave New World will open in just a small delay, July 2024 instead of May 2024. So just a two-month delay, no biggie there. That's fine. Uh, give, give Captain Harrison America? Yep. Is it going to be the... Um, it's uh, uh, Anthony Mackie's version, right? Yep, that's yep. Anthony Mackie's version. And uh, Harrison Ford will also be starring in it as well. So. Heck yeah. Oh, wait, no, I, I, what I was wondering is um, the guy who plays, what is it, the Falcon? Yeah, that's him. That's yeah. Anthony Mackie. He's going to be, yep. yeah, okay, he yep, is going to be, be Captain yep. America. Okay. It, cool. was it was supposed to be Bucky, but I, I think they just were like, well, it's his show. No, I, I, I would go with the way that the direction that they went. I wouldn't, mm. I wouldn't have Bucky be it. 
And then Bucky was a good Captain America in the comics, so I mean. Then we got uh, I got Thunderbolts set to come out on December twenty four, Blade in February twenty twenty five, Fantastic Four May twenty twenty five. Those are just confirming release dates. That no word if those are officially delays. They were, but come one on. movie actually got announced. It got bumped up. So uh, it got bumped up by actually about a half a year. So instead of November of 2024, Deadpool 3 will be releasing in May of 2024. So actually a oh, half I a year bump up. So oh, there I we can't go. wait. Oh, I can't wait to see Hugh Jackman come back. I'm and so if excited. Disney goes all out so like excited. they say they will do, like a full, just unapologetic R-rated Deadpool like the first two, I'm, I'm going to be blown away. <laughs> I hope oh, so, It's going to be so awesome. I know, right? It's going to be so awesome. <laughs> Seeing Deadpool <laughs> and Wolverine tear each other apart, oh, my gosh. I well, Wolverine's can totally just, like, cut <laughs> his arms like off literally he's just gonna <laughs> cut his head off <laughs> oh right. i can't wait all right victor i know you got a couple of news items for us uh you got an item on jamie fox yes um so everyone who was talking about his uh scare diagnosis um all that was fake um this was fake news to sell a buck so yellow journalism strikes again. Shocker, right? I know. Um, so And then you also got something on Margot Robbie? Yes, Margot Robbie. Um, they said she kept bombing. Um, I know over the years uh, when she did uh, Tarzan uh, with uh, Mr. Skarsgård, um, they kept saying that she had bombed in most of her films. Uh I don't think so. She's a great actress. She just loves to act, and I think that's kind of silly where they kept saying she bombs. I know in this new Barbie movie, she's going to make tons of revenue, uh, as she always has. So, I mean, give her some credit, boys. Look, give her some credit. The way that Barbie movie is about to come out, just the way the previews look for it, I'm just going to be interested in the, in the reception for that movie and just Same. the way people, and if the movie's going to be, because going from that preview, I have no idea if that movie's going to be good or not. But I, I think it's going to be an experience. I have I, no idea what it's even supposed to be about. But I, but if she's supposed to be Barbie, and depending on the direction of it, I would say she's too old at this point. I mean, I don't, I don't think she's that old actually. And for looking at her, I'm like, yeah, she. That's the right cat. Would you rather? I'll say this: she like 27, 28? Um. Oh, she's got she's, to be. A, she's she's got to be older than that. She's probably. She's in her thirties. Uh, okay. Yeah. All right. I'll, I'll do Victor's my research. Yeah. And I get it. Everyone's watching the. But you can't Facebook, tell. Facebook, Twitch, that young. Uh, YouTube, that uh, live chat. We want to hear what you guys have to say. So make sure to comment in the live chat, or if you're here in the fair, the fairgrounds. She's count, 32. Come on up. Yep, 32. I said that. I knew hey, it. She was in her thirties. A couple years off. I'll take it. All right. Uh, so those are our opening news topics here. And before we move on here, our big future reviews. I'm really looking forward to talking about Transformers: Rise of the Beast. That's going to be our first review we're talking about here. But, but first, we got to make sure to give a shout out to our friends at Oh for Heaven's Cakes. Where there's nothing good, then treating yourself to some awesome homemade baked goods. And that's where O for Heaven's Cakes comes in. Have the best uh, special occasion treats or and best cupcakes. I know I went and tried there yesterday. My I tried something new. They had a root beer float cupcake complete with a uh, uh, one of those like uh, edible like uh, like uh, was it like a, a waffle cake straw? I forget oh. the name for those, uh, but oh, I know what you're talking yeah. about. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah my kids love them. You can, you cool. can make them like flavored. Yeah, yeah, yeah. those are pretty cool. It tasted like those. a root beer float. Put it in the microwave just for a little bit. It was delicious. If you're a business owner, you can get specialty business orders for your employees. Treat them right. Ask about their employee discounts. They're located on the north backside of the Grand Cities Mall. Open Tuesday through Friday from 10 to 4, and on Saturdays from 9 to noon. Call them up 701-757-2253 or email oforheavenscakes at yahoo.com. Be a beautiful cupcake in a world full of muffins. That's O for Heaven's Cakes in the Grand Cities Mall. 
All right, we are back here on big screens and TV streams. We're going to be talking about Transformers: Rise of the Beasts, one of the big, one of the big summer blockbuster movies. Here we are in summer blockbuster movie season, and this is quite this is quite the tr this is quite the treat. They went all out with '90s nostalgia. Yeah. This is set in 1994, uh, and. It, it, for the synopsis here, we just got during the 90s, a new faction of Transformers, the Maximals, joined the Autobots as allies in the battle for Earth and, like you kind of alluded to, Victor, Beast Wars. So yes. for people that may not be up to speed, Beast Wars was like the follow-up to the original Transformers cartoon series. And when did that first originally hit on cartoon TV? So it, it was on a bunch of uh, networks, like, actually. It was in, around Tubi. It was around, uh, there was on Fox Kids, actually, too. But like when it first aired on television, it was like early 90s? I want to say, I want to say, Late nineties, actually. 90s? Okay. So that was late nineties when that, because that it followed Generation One as they were turning into Maximals. So, uh, Paul, were you? I don't. You were talking about in the studio over a couple of weeks here. Uh, original Transformers cartoon fan, Transformer Beast Wars. Were you keeping up with it by that point? No, Beast Wars was. Uh, I was too old for that when that started to come out, and it was like cheesy animation. It wasn't even a cartoon. Um, so yeah, I never got into it. You know, the the movie, we'll get into it a little bit more, I thought was pretty good. But um, the thing that I was really looking forward to is I grew up with Transformers, the movie. Same. Which was the animated version with um, uh, Unicron. Yeah, with Unicron. And, yeah. I mean, th this was an all-out war yeah. between robots, uh, Autobots, Cybertron, Decepticons. Mm -hmm. Even a couple other ones that came into play in there, but Unicron was the size of a planet. Yeah, and they and it was really upsetting that I mean maybe they'll do it in the sequel, but people don't realize that he was a planet that ate other planets. Yeah, but like at Galactus the, of the Transformers. Pretty but much. yeah, but at the end of Transformers the movie, that planet turns into a giant robot. Yeah, I mean so instead of you know like Optimus being a semi that turns into a robot this was actually a planet that turns into a robot and i mean and he just comes down and tries to devour i mean he's punching planets and I mean, it was so cool uh you know so this really fell short but i did watch and i was talking to you this earlier uh bumblebee mm. i had the wrong bumblebee movie mm. in my head mm. i i totally forgot about the one with the girl from hawkeye yeah uh Haley steinfeld yeah that movie, the the first fifteen minutes mm. of that movie of Bumblebee or Transformers Three, Bumblebee. Yeah, of the first fifteen minutes of that movie is exactly how this movie should have been, yeah. and yeah. every Transformer movie. Love the opening big battle. Yeah, I mean, you, the the characters were spot on. They yeah. were like they looked exactly like the toys. I mean, it was everything was perfect. Yeah. So I don't know why they keep going away from that. Yeah. So, Victor, uh, I guess, I, I guess, kind of, they did kind of have a, a little bit of a big battle at the beginning of the movie, where you got the Maximals on their home planet, right, yes. coming under attack. How did yes. that play out for you? Paul kind of foreshadowed, not nowhere in the same league as Bumblebee. I am, but no, pretty good, but no. not as good. Yeah, no, no, they, no, they, yeah, they messed it up. Victor, it, it was setting it up. So I mean, I, I liked it, and the fact that I got to hear my boy Ron Perlman's voice. As Optimus Primal, that was more badass than I than I I, I wanted it. So I mean, like, I couldn't ask for more better. It, it was entertaining, and I, I I thought the the beasts were pretty cool. Uh, 
you only see him actually turn, like, transform, though, like, for f- 15 minutes of the movie. Well, you see you him. Well, they're you they're, see they're him always, in, like, in beast form. Yeah, and I, and I, and I knew that they were going to do that because even if you saw them in the war that they were in, you'll see them transform into their actual, you know, robotic forms, too, which is in the trailer as well, so that's not giving anything away. So, yeah, exactly. The way this opening battle wraps up, they kind of flee with the transwarp key to Earth, and uh, so that's how you get the, the transition, the segue to 1994 Brooklyn, where this movie takes place. And we get introduced to Noah Diaz, the ex-military tech whiz, trying to make ends meet by uh, just, just having struggles, has a job interview go awry. But then he tries to steal a car for to just to kind of get a little side job, a little side hustle. Which, wrong place, wrong time. Surprise, it's really the Autobot Mirage. Mm. <laughs> and how did you like that? Was, they definitely worked up some CG magic with the four cars and the Mirage, like spoofing the cops. Yeah, how did you like how the introduction to the. To I the, loved it just because he's always been, he's not a cocky person, but he's always been just a wild card. And I think that he, it summed up his ability to just fool you with every trick in his book and so I, I thought that was pretty badass and plus the music too yeah. with the scene they had a lot of good 90s for 90s nostalgia the yeah. soundtrack was it was kind of like the guardians of the galaxy selection for the 90s well the thing that i like too is that you know because it was taking place in the 90s they actually used you know the vehicles and everything from the 90s yeah because like, that's what mirage was he was yeah. a porsche from the 90s yeah he, he, like so i like how they're bringing it back yeah Instead of you know the newer versions where it's like yeah. oh you got you got to promote the new Corvette yeah. you got to promote the new yes. Charger like no bring it back to the nineties yeah. when it where it was supposed to be my mind you guys when the first Transformers came out they had to when those cars were coming out like hotcakes and they had to just pump them out like no other so you had to pr- be a huge promoter for them go figure so I don't know. I thought the special effects mirage and all that were spot on, just really great chase sequences and just the yeah, CG through the roof. But uh, Mirage's dialogue, it, I don't know. It, it, gave it me bothered ba- me. It, 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 was, it was a bit much. Part of me was like, you know, they're trying to play to kids. I get it. But it reminded me of some of the dialogue from some of the early Transformers movies that no, it, it just wasn't. I think there's a way to play to kids but while also playing to adults. And more often than not, the dialogue lines for Mirage were just did not hit for me. Occasionally there was a good zinger, but for the most part, no, I'm, I'm with you. Well, I mean, in, I mean, this is going to sound really terrible, but I mean, this was like black farmers, you know, because all the characters, you know, were black and the, they tried to make Mirage be like a, you know, like a rap star. I mean, I no, don't, don't get me wrong. I thought it was great. And I thought, I thought that the character selection was awesome. But you can see that they are trying to go in, you know, that direction. Because mm. all the other Transformers, I mean, every single main actor was white. And so in this one, they, you know, reverse course, and which, well, it, which was totally fine. I, I, I thought they did a great job. Well, except for Michelle Young and, and the rest of them, like Pete Davidson, who is the voice of Mirage. I, th- I think it's just his personality. He's not, I, I, in the 90s, hip hop was such a, timely thing and uh speaking as a 90s kid i mean that's that's just how people you know like say yo what's up man you know kind of thing now if you really wanted black formers oh my god you should go see of course the second 
Transformers. I was going to say, didn't those someone, they ones, played on some big stereotypes, yeah, Those right? were the hugest stereotypes. If you want to see black Transformers, oh my God. Those guys were the hugest stereotypes in there. The, Transformers 2 and 3, I remember, had some yeah. really, really yeah. eyebrow-like raising. I wasn't trying to say no. I like their stereotypes. Oh, no, I was, I was no. saying that it was casted in that direction, yeah, that, which is totally fine. Yeah. I, I, you know, it, 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 I thought they did a fantastic job. Yeah, and they, you know? they, they did amazingly well. No one's, no one's saying anything bad about it, and, neither, and Paul's not saying anything about it. No one's saying anything about it. It's just the casting was correct on... Everyone did their job very beautifully. Everyone brought something to the table that was so amazing and raw and powerful in their own way. So, I mean, the voice cast was kick-ass. So, I mean. Yeah, a lot of big voices. Uh, I also got Michelle Yeoh doing Air, Air Razor there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then also, I guess we got to give a shout-out to the other main human here alongside uh, Noah Diaz. We had the museum e- intern, Elena Wallace. Yes. Uh, who accidentally breaks a statue at the museum. And yes. surprise, it's half of the transwarp key. Yes. So, I, we end, they end up going on this big cat and mouse chase trying yeah. to find both pieces of the transwarp key they end up going to Peru and that's kind of where you get the big second half of the film they, in- they introduced the uh, the Beast Wars angle into it more in the second half how do you second half of the movie once you get into the full swing we're in there big showdown in Peru uh, how does it live up to the past uh, Transformer final acts the fact that they generation one and the uh, I can't is generation one and generation two and the way that they had Autobots and Maximals come together and the fact that both Peter Cullen, you gotta give it up for him. He's been with this franchise forever. And I mean, you you can't deny that he is Optimus Prime. And I mean, you got them all working together and kicking ass and just it was so freaking cool. Now the weird thing was is that I don't know why, and maybe maybe this is just for toy sales because I think it really is just for toy sales. They had Decepticons, and they had Decepticon toys right after this movie was released, and the Decepticons weren't even in there. They, they even had, like, uh, Megatron in there. I'm like, he wasn't even in there, but they, they hinted them in there. I don't know why they just didn't put Decepticons with the Predacons in there, but... That's just me. I, I thought the fight was cool. I just wish they had more Decepticons in there. So I, I totally agree. And uh, another thing that was really good about this movie is that it kind of went a little bit more adult version. Yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, the, the action was... Like, I wouldn't have my four-year-old watch this. Mm. I mean, and they made Optimus Prime into a badass. I totally yeah. agree on I, that. So. Yeah, it came down to a big struggle, you know, Optimus Prime wants to go go back home, but it will have to sacrifice, you know, the entire planet Earth and destroy it in the process. And they, oh, that's yeah. the big choice they're leading up to throughout the film and making it seem like a big deal choice decision that, that the whole movie factored around. And so, yeah, safe to say, hard PG-13, not like a soft bring no. the family kind of, right? Oh, and, yeah. that, and that's why I, I knew when going into this movie, it was like, uh, like Paul... When I first saw the Transformers movie, and I'm talking about the original animated movie, oh my god, I flipped my lid when I was a kid when I saw that. I mean, it was just people like like literally the pe- forget the people like the robots were just tearing each other apart. They were disintegrating. They were get, getting shot and they got killed. Like this was what. It needed like a hard '90s rated PG-13. That's what they needed for this. Yeah, like, I mean, you know, they they missed out on the Sharkticons and what was the the people with the, that the ones that had the three heads? Um, oh, um, what was it? Uh, those were uh, uh, not the leaders, but uh, they were. 
I can't even remember. I, they were they were uh, the judge uh, the judges the yeah. judges they were in the movie and they guilty. Were just, yeah guilty <laughs> feed him to the shark. I was gonna say were you, were you happy with the Transformers? <laughs> innocent lore, innocent or eggs? guilty? Yeah, it didn't matter. Yeah, and even if you were innocent, it still was like feed him to the shark. For a hardcore Transformers fan, pretty happy, satisfied with all the lore, deep cuts, uh, maybe deep, uh, obscure references they worked in here. Yeah. No, no, no. They did it in Bumblebee. They didn't do it in this movie. And that's they, what irritated me. They they did have a little bit more of references in here. They had a very big reference at the end. We, yeah, um, we should hold off on spoiling that. Yeah, that, I'm not I'm not gonna spoil that, that, that was a big yeah. opener. <laughs> yeah, I'm not I'm not gonna spoil anything in the end. I'm just saying they have a big one at the end. So just if you need to go see it, go see it because I'm I'm excited. I'm All right. excited. No, I'm not gonna lie though. I, I I thought this was a very entertaining movie. Yes. It's just you know, I'm a Transformers fan, and it didn't hit the, hit the mark for me. But, you know, like my kid that didn't grow up with Transformers, he'd probably think it's the coolest thing on Earth. Mm. Well, so. yeah, I know. I was kind of like, oh, this is about Bumblebee. You know, I liked it better than the Michael Bay ones by by a little bit. The first Michael Bay one I actually kind of liked, but, you know, not like a head over heels for it. But this one, uh, it was kind of like Bumblebee, a little bit better than the first one. Uh, I still wasn't, like, super high on it, but uh, it, it could have been a lot worse. But, yeah, I, I, I kind of give a mild recommendation to it. Uh, but, Victor, I know it sounds like your super, super high recommendation going I, talking to you before the show. I loved it. I, I like Paul. I wish they would put more references into it just because I, I did see a few here and there, but I wish they had put more in there. And also, to be fair, I wanted to see Unicron just devour. Like, literally, I wanted to see him turn into a huge robot and come down like they did in the cartoon movie and just rip planets into shreds. But... I hopefully will we'll hopefully see it in the next one. Um, but yeah, the, the the Michael Bay ones I knew he was gonna be producer on it because he was the one that started it. So I mean, I will say this: he he does apply to the lowest common denominator. But I can't deny that the man did do what he did. So hey, nothing, he he goes for those mainstream hits, and he hey. sometimes he, he's had some great examples of yeah. some big. Blockbuster success in the mainstream. So. I give it. A, I give him points for that. Yeah, you you definitely points. see the the you know, the fingerprints for Bay and Spielberg being producers yeah. on this movie. So, and this wasn't directed by them. This was directed by Stephen Capel Jr., who directed Creed Two in the Land and A Different Tree. So yeah, there you go. Transformers: uh, Rise of the Beast still in theaters. Uh, and I guess uh, Rotten Tomatoes is sitting at. Uh, I, this, I checked this a few days ago, so maybe a little out of whack. But critic aggregate score fifty three percent, audience ninety one percent. So there you go on wow. that. Okay. Uh, Victor, usually I toss you for Marvel DC stuff. But I think you got got it for quick takes this week since we got a lot of other stuff for the show. Yeah, right? go go ahead because right. I can do it for quick takes. All right, me. good deal. So before we move on here, we got to make sure to give a shout out to our next sponsor at Churchill Shoes. And you want to make sure to check them out. They moved. They are now located in the Grand Cities Mall, and they are one of the largest SAS San Antonio shoes dealers in the upper Midwest. And they're in the Grand Cities Mall, ready to find you a pair of shoes that you will love. At Churchill Shoes, they measure both feet to make sure you're getting the proper fit. They carry men's and women's styles and offer free special orders when shoes aren't in stock and free in-town delivery. Churchill Shoes has operated in Grand Forks for over 65 years, and over 75 years of shoe fitting experience is on their staff, and they can cater to all of your footwear needs. I know Paul went in there, got a couple of pairs over the last couple months, and he is a big fan. They're open Monday through Fridays from 9 to 5, and on Saturday from 9 to 3. Give them a call, 701-772-8256, or online, churchillshoesnd.com. So next time you're in need of footwear, Give them a try. Your feet will be glad you did. Churchill Shoes in the Grand Cities Mall. 
All right, we are back here on big screens and TV streams live from the Greater Grand Forks Fairgrounds. Quite the show today, and for people watching, happy passing by uh, at the fairgrounds. We want to hear what you have to say. Just step up to the mic with a question and comment about maybe a movie you've seen, TV show recommendation. Uh, we want to hear what you have to say. There is so much to cover. And if you do step up and have anything to say, uh, get some free GFBS sway while you're at it. Got some cappies, some cups, koozies. Uh, yeah. Definitely give us a shout out here. We're located right in the beer garden here by the River City Speedway uh, entrance. So can't miss us. Real easy to easy to find. So moving back here, we are going to continue it off with our next part of our big review special here. We're going to be talking about The Flash. A big, oh my gosh, where to start on this? I know we previewed it on the last show. So much controversy <laughs> going into this movie, yeah. both with Ezra, all the... Let's just put all the Ezra Miller shenanigans. We, we talked about that plenty in the last months leading up yeah. to this. Let's just judge the movie on its merits. But this was delayed a lot yes. because of that. And I guess a lot of other fine-tuning. It was directed by Andy Mushi Mushidi, who directed It and It Chapter 2 and Mama. A lot yes. of horror film specialists here. Yes. And so this focuses on Barry Allen, who uses his super speed to change the path, but his attempt to save his family creates a world without superheroes, forcing him to race for his life in order to save the future. So, uh, yeah, so very interesting initial setup where, uh, you know, good old Barry Allen just trying to get a cup of coffee. And uh, while he's waiting for his uh, very specific peanut butter and jelly sandwich and coffee order, he goes on a big... I don't know, I got vibes that they were trying to recreate um, uh, the Quicksilver treatment from Days of Future Past. Remember where they, did, they showed off his slow motion super speed? Yeah. I thought they were trying to do that, but for the DC side of things, uh, when he's trying to rescue all these babies, uh, all, all these infants out of this collapsing building while trying to microwave and get his nutrients and his calories intakes, this big whole CG just in-your-face fest of CG goodness. Did it work for you the same way it did for Quicksilver in Days of Future Past, or did it stand out on its own? What do you guys think? Not really. I mean, I I appreciate what they did, but with Quicksilver, it was more, it was more fun. I mean, this was it's not that this wasn't fun. It just it, it I felt like it was doing way too much. Like, and and I know f I felt like I don't know. It's just it didn't have that Genesee qual quality that I was looking for but it was still good it was still good I love the tricks that they pulled putting a little baby in a microwave which was to save him which was good putting babies on the stretcher it was unplugged it was unplugged oh it was unplugged oh well it wasn't falling in midair so. oh of course oh well we know it, it wasn't like it mind you everyone it was not on so just to no, just to give you a Ezra, the flash did put a burrito in there to heat it up though while the microwave was still falling in midair oddly although, <laughs> although although it was kind of weird because if it was I don't that, that, that was the weird thing, because they said it was off, but then when he opened the door, and then it just dinged, and then I'm like, well, if it was off, then why did it ding then? Because it, it wasn't like going to cook him in there, but it was like, it was it was gone back and forth. I feel like the controversy went in there a little bit too much, but it was still pretty fun sport way. So. Paul, you like the whole big opening introduction of the Flash and the super speed there, the speed force. I'm not going to lie. We went to this movie really late at night. And I was a little under the weather from <laughs> drinking all day. <laughs> so I, that's I, fair. I, that's I fair. Thought, I thought the first uh, 30 minutes of it was pretty boring, and I fell asleep for the rest. So I was like, Paul, are you sure <laughs> you're going to stay fair, awake? That's fair. That? That's fair. I'll stay awake, Dale. <laughs> you got uh, this. There was a lot, there was a lot of, uh, you know, in and out uh, during that head movie. Head bobs. Yes, head bobs. And like, oh, cool. And then, oh, <laughs> 
then, <laughs> oh, oh, that was cool. But I don't remember. No, it was cool. You may have remembered from the first half hour. We did get a, some nice one, la- maybe, presumably, one last hurrah with Ben Affleck and Jeremy Irons as uh, Batman and Alfred in there. Uh, see, and that's what people think, but they were, they, uh, he's actually supposed to return. Um, but we shall see. We, we've been hearing him say forever he's done with it, but he does these little appearances here. Well, that, oh, we got about, a, what, 10 minutes of them here? Well, that we did, but uh, it's because uh, Warner Brothers did cut a lot of the scenes out that they were supposed to. So originally, fun fact, they were supposed to have... Uh, ben Affleck come back as the Batman in another universe. Unfortunately, um, he they cut a lot of the scenes out because um, Mr. Keaton and everybody else were uh, coming back for this one. So uh, Ben Affleck, they they said because they have to ask for permission from Tim Burton as well as um, many other directors that did the original movies. They asked permission before they could uh, even have their characters in there. So they asked Zack Snyder, they asked Tim Burton, and out of respect for both these wonderful men, they had to ask permission to say, well, can we be in here? Like, yeah. At least it looked like they were willing to play ball and make this possible, this big, you know, multi-arc, multi-generational spanning, uh, bringing back a lot of these past versions of characters. And so what would you think of, you know, they got uh, Ben Affleck, Bruce Wayne warning uh, Barry Allen once he realizes he can travel through time and can time travel. It's like, wait a second, I could save my mom. And Bruce Wayne, you know, does the, you know, the kind of, you know, maybe may a little cliche. Hey, man, butterfly effect. Don't mess with anything. Yeah. But, you know, Ezra Miller cannot, or the Flash cannot leave well enough alone. Yeah, <laughs> so that's not a good thing. He does go back to try and save his mom, but in a way where he indir- he thinks he's indirectly not making himself exposed and, and but... Things get messed up. <laughs> yeah. Maybe you could go back in time and not steal all that shit that you got in trouble for. Could, is that, is, that is, that what, is that what he got in trouble for, stealing? Uh, well, uh, it, a lot well, of stuff. Uh, <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> another story. We, we, let's talk about it off okay. here. I, uh, I uh, knew he was going to yeah. No, a lot of stuff. Oh, gosh. Yeah, it's... Yeah, let's just focus on the Flash movie yeah. for that, now. No, but uh, seeing um, Michael Keaton come back into it, I, I I thought that that was pretty cool, especially when he was like, you yeah. want to get nuts? Let's, let's get nuts. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, was- so, yeah, Barry, you know, he gets introduced because he ends up, t- he starts to travel back forward into the future, but, uh, you know, he gets stopped along the way. He won't go into full details, avoid too many spoilers, but, you know, this really is a spoiler because this was all in the previews and yeah. the movie posters. He gets introduced to the 1989 uh, Tim Burton universe uh, yeah. Batman, but, like, oh I think the year is like maybe 2008 or so like Barry Allen's like in high school age so yeah. and Michael Keaton and I'm presuming is like around 50 or 60 in this age has long uh, gray silver hair I have a feeling we're going to see a lot of uh, memes of why did you watch The Flash and who is the uh, the girl that played Supergirl oh, oh yep yep I have she, her here uh, Sasha Kale yeah Sasha yeah, Kale she, she was pretty racked <laughs> In this movie, we, I, we, we both even looked at her like, you got some pretty big cans there. Like, what's going on? You're not far off. I remember you made some some very uh, astute observations in the theater there. She was, she was like, I have to say, like, and it was cool that she had asked Henry Cavill for, uh, like, permission to be super. And he's like, totally, do it. And I thought it was so cool. I because she did a good job. Yeah, yeah she did yeah, she really, really good. good. Yeah. yeah, she did really good. And I thought it was crazy because her character was Kara Zor-El, of course, and she had black hair. And now she had black hair in the comics and the Injustice comics, so I thought, well, she did very well. And like Paul said, I got to admit, I mean, the suit made the suit makes you know the man, as they say, but the suit definitely made hers. So. Yeah. So you get you kind of get this like 
this, this little team up here. You got Barry Allen and maybe this alternate dimension version of uh, Barry Allen or the two Flashes. And, and you know, Michael Keaton or, you know, uh, Bruce Wayne rocks the Batsuit once again. Uh, you know, the Flash inspires them after they get into some uh, tussles there. And, and then you get Supergirl. So it's like the four of them, you know, teaming up to take on. You know, and this was in the previews again, too. You know, General Zod, Michael Shannon's coming back yeah. to portray him. And I loved his portrayal of General yeah. Zod. He's a great actor. I he's love great him, actor. Such a very scary man. But in real life, he's such a nice guy. But he's so scary. I love his performances. Yeah. And they kind of build up to a big clash with, with them. And, you know, just more of the time traveling to keep the timeline in check. Uh, just, but, yeah, just seeing Michael Shannon return and you kind of get these shout outs to the first Man of Steel movie. And, and then you just get the bring Supergirl into the mix and, and just like all these uh, and then Barry trying to give himself superpowers and not give himself superpowers. All this building up to the final battle. Uh, I don't want to go into spoilers too much about what actually happens, but I know on the way to get there, I know Paul, you made sure to reference this in the theater. This movie's two hours and 20 minutes. There's it definitely felt like they could have tightened it up a bit. There, oh, yeah, it felt the, like there were some major lulls. Yeah, there was like the first 40 minutes of it. They could have trimmed the fat off of that so much. I mean, it was just like, I think this could have on. been a, a much tighter, more enjoyable, two, straight up two-hour watch. I don't know if yeah. you guys felt the same, Victor, or did you, were you pretty happy with how things, the pacing? I, I, I liked the pacing. Um, I don't think they could have, as much controversy went into this film as it went out of it. Um I don't think they could have done anything different, honestly, because with everything that Ezra Miller has done, and we've talked about this before, they were not going to waste any money on this movie. We had, they had already put it out. They couldn't do anything else to it. They were like, well, can we trim anything? No, because half, and as you all know, the, the saying in film is everything goes on the cutting room floor. And that nothing can go on the cutting room floor because they spent billions of dollars on this movie. And like what happened with the Batgirl movie, if they did that, they would lose a fortune. So I don't think they could have churned any less off I, of this I, baby. So for this one, and I think for a lot of movies where they can trim the fat off of these is where they try to put in the comedy. They, they try to make like weird comedy yeah. scenes and try to crack jokes yeah. and whatever else. And it's like... If you just cut that out, I mean, the, yeah. the movie would be 30 minutes shorter. And yeah. It's not even like it's that funny. Yeah. You know? Well, you, you brought some great uh, just observations about just Ezra Miller's uh, portrayal of Barry Allen and The Flash. And, you know, like, the first time around in the first uh, um, Josh, Josh Whedon version of the Justice League, I thought he was way too forced, way too much of him. Uh, and the way Ezra Miller portrays him, it's like, I thought you had the great descriptor for it, uh, weaselly. Yeah. And, and kind of like, a modern day Polly Shore kind of weaselly and just I think it's more better in small doses like in Zack Snyder's version where yeah. he, he kind of tried picked his spots to jump in with his jokes but uh, you know in Joss Whedon's version he's more in your face more non-stop jokes and banner and again you know kind of talking about like Transformers you know I get maybe they're trying to play to kids here a little bit but just Polly Shore reference is perfect <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> but it, it just does not work it's way too much and I thought they could have done a far better job you know there was an occasional good line here and there but for the most part uh, just way off base. Uh, Victor, how did you feel? I, I do. Uh, I'll say it this much. I, I, I know that the, the thing that bothers me, and, and also I know that they've, I know they can do this. They have done this a million times with actors. When you put an actor into a role, you need to make sure that they fit that role. Because if they don't, then you're just making your film even more harder for them to follow. Because I know that 
he's a good actor, despite all the crap that he has done. Yeah, but we're as talking a, about him as an artist right now. Well, I know he, but he's a good actor though, and I and no, I say not. this to be I know and I know he's a good actor. Have you seen him in other things here? Uh, yes, no. Harry yeah, Potter. Yeah, he sucked in, and be, because they didn't know where to put him in the Flash. He sucked in. Well, th- again, they didn't know where to put him in. <laughs> he, he, and he, that, he just and, sucks. No, like he he's a good actor, but the only thing is, is they don't know how to put him in a movie as an artist, and that's what we're talking about. He's as an artist, they don't know what to necessarily put him in you okay. put it, I, li- I really liked how they did him in Zack Snyder's Justice League. You, yeah, but that because he's not in there a bunch. That's the only more, reason you well, they, like him. Well, no, like I said, they knew how to pick his spots. They knew how to play his humor well in there as like part of a pack, and like it, it wasn't as forced and like nonstop in Justice League. Like in, in Joss Whedon's Justice League, it made it seem like, hey, this is our ultimate uh, our zinger. We got our ultimate version of uh, a comic relief, and it just did not work. But the I way still they don't ca- with Zack Snyder. You, you can't count Joss Whedon's because if you do, let's be. Face it, Joss Whedon didn't want to do this. He only did this. He's like, all right, dude, Marvel didn't but want me. Like, but he was like responsible for eighty percent of that. Like eighty percent of that. Not, work. not really. He was basically. It's like, well, Marvel didn't want me, so I guess I'll do this. And but no, he took like like eighty percent of what Snyder originally did, threw it out, and did. Like eighty percent of that movie is is only, his only because Zack Snyder had to deal with a very sad death. Rest in peace, his daughter. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so but, I mean, but yeah, that's that's not here or there. But uh, but yeah, just throwing it back. Yeah, I thought Ezra Miller could. There were parts in here where I thought Ezra Miller actually had some really good scenes in here, like towards the end where there were some very big, impactful, dr- dramatic scenes. Yeah, and, and like, and you tell he turned it up for some serious uh, acting with some family scenes here. And there, I'm like, holy crap, this is actually good. He's actually on, but those moment, those moments are few and far between. Well, that's because they're they're doing it where he's young. They need to stop playing to where they're young and they don't know better. When they're adults, it's it's easy because I know they can do it. I know you just gotta put them in the right roles here, ladies. Well, I I guess maybe just a couple last points to wrap up our our talk here on The Flash. Uh, So we get to the big final act here where uh, the big battle happens, uh, and then they get, with a time dimension hopping, a ton of cameos and a ton of, like, deep cut cameos. Stuff I did not see coming where I was like, like, oh, my God, they did this deep cut and this Easter egg from... Uh, DB, DC TV shows, movies going way far back. I, I was and we can't spoil and we yeah, can't spoil we, I'm not any, give of them. any of them. Yeah, yeah I was sleeping. I, I was, uh. I, there was a couple <laughs> points I looked over. I, I was like, like well, <laughs> I was like really, I was I felt like really giving you some shoulder taps. I'm like, pop, 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 pop. But no, you're Paul, you're gone. <laughs> but uh, no, no, no. I, I I say that jokingly, but not. It was. It, Seeing some of these deep cuts, those oh, were so cool. they were great, nice little, uh, and that's oh, why I kind of mentioned in Transformers, gave them those nice little nods and references for you know for hardcore movie fans, oh, comic so book fans. Cool. It, it just go, it goes a long way. It was so cool. I, I couldn't believe that. my lies that I couldn't even believe they did this. They went the extra mile, and I thought, man. All right, you, all right, you got me. So final verdict, how it all wraps up, you know, how they put a bow on this. Again, some some awesome additional great last cameos at the end there just to make you go, oh, my gosh, another couple of deep cuts. But uh, how it all wraps up, uh, uh, you know, DC was hyping it up as, like, their DC Cinema Universe ultimate reboot event. Uh, James Gunn even gave it some, an interesting quote in the week leading up to the release. Quote, probably one of the best superhero movies ever. Yeah. <laughs> Would you say it lives up to that? I mean, you drew all those references. References in there. I mean, yeah, you for all the money they spent. Yeah, that was the best, if not the best, movie I've seen in a, a superhero movie I've seen in a long time. So, so you say this is like a tier one superhero movie for you? 
like like nine and like yeah. rated, I, rated I, nine absolutely and above. Not. I, the I way mean, you're talking about it, there, from the way you're you, you fell you fell asleep. Hey, no. you, you I, fell but asleep. I was there, I was awake for the first forty minutes of it, and the first forty, 40 minutes was minute, garbage. Forty minutes that does not count. Well, it's, it's, it doesn't matter if we disagree or not. I just want to get your, your honest perspective. Honestly, yes, because you know what? You took generations, and I and I'll say this: I want I want you to actually look through every superhero movie history. Look through all of them. DC, Marvel, any comic book company, doesn't matter. You take generations. You got freaking the master himself, Mr. Michael Keaton, to come back as Batman. Yeah, the, yeah, the scenes with him, phenomenal. Not to mention, you got other characters back the that, Bat like, Cave, literally. Batmobile. And you unreeled the Batmobile and the Batwing. You cannot top anything from that. Not to mention... He is what started and they the did, trend. And they did come off as like old and rusty. They made him still play today. Yeah, and like he's decades still, later. And he was still badass. Not to mention the other cameos in there. I mean, come on. You, you how can you top that? So honestly. It sounds Jer- like a tier one superhero movie, like say rated like nine and above. Like I mean, that tier, would you say y- it's among that tier? Yeah. Of because I, I don't know any other generational movie in superhero history because back then they didn't have stuff like that. So yeah. All right. Oh, well, oh. I can't wait. I, I'm not going to be able to wait for it to come on streaming services. I will go back to the theater and watch it. I, and I, I will say for myself, Victor, honestly, I'm, hey, I, like, I admire your passion and all that. I'm, I'm not on the same wavelength. I, I, I didn't hate the movie by any means, but I, I was kind of sitting, uh, going to the final act, I was like, all right, there's some lulls. They could trim this up. But there, there are still a lot of parts that I liked. I was just thinking, you know, 15, 20 minutes, trim it up, tighten it up, maybe dial back, uh, you know, know, the weaseliness of uh, Ezra Miller's portrayal. But then you got to the final act, the the way the final fights play out and the way they time hop a little bit, they play out from there. Then you go into this deluge of cameos and deep cut references. And I was kind of thinking going into that final act, like, all right, I'm kind of sitting around a six out of 10, but the way the final act played off and like, and the way it all wrapped up with the cameos and all that just, it felt like a lot of fan appreciation. It kind of got me bumped up to like about a seven and a half out of 10, but it had to fight for it and it earned it. And for me to get up to the seven and a half range, I, I was trying to think eight, but I just couldn't go eight, but seven and a half out of 10, I thought, especially fair. for how like the first like hour 55 of the movie was going, I thought that's a big, a big, a big achievement for it. That's fair. I give it, that's fair. All right, and as far as Rotten Tomato aggregates go, it's 67% critics, 86% uh, audience feedback. I know Paul, we're talking before the show, it didn't do the good opening weekend there. Victor, I'm sure you're up to speed on the box office numbers. Yeah, yeah and, and, and honestly, I'm, I'm going to tell you all this because in, because we talked about this last time on the show. I am not a critic. I am a movie buff. There's a difference. So box office does not, I, and, and they say it does determine whether a movie does great or not. The numbers, honestly, if you look at the statistic, a different picture starts to appear in your head. There are many movies that have failed financially, yet they made more mo- they made more movies off of that failure than they would have okay. success. I just so. use a, the aggregates as like a, a gauge, not as one definitive. Go-to oh, I score. oh I know, but I, I you know how I, I think feel in about general critics. Marvel movies just do better than DC. I For mean, the most part, it seems well, like how they're received. Yeah. Yeah. Well, to, yeah. to be fair, Marvel knew what they wanted to be from the beginning. DC, they were just competing with them, so to be fair. So, I yeah. Mean. There we go. That's a flash. It's going to be in theaters for a while still, despite the bad box office. I'm sure it's still being there for at least several more weeks. Uh, next up here, Paul, you're, I, I don't know if you got a chance to finish it, but I know you said you made a lot of good headway into it. A new Netflix series that's 
you've been telling me, I got some great texts from you about it. They, I want to try and get a chance to see it, but big boxing show on Netflix called Bloodhounds, and I got for the synopsis, in order to pay off their debts, three daring youths jump into the money lending business while confronting the rich and powerful who prey on the weak. Yeah, so it's actually not a boxing movie. Or and there's elements of it, right? So uh, this this show is awesome, and I did finish it last night. I made sure to before we got on the show here. Yep. Um, the So the premise of it is that there's this kind of like gangster guy and he's going around and, and, and it's, it's a show that you have to listen to the subtitles. It's based out of Korea. Um, and this kind of gangster guy, he's going around and he's buying up property and giving these people like a really, really good deal to get their, you know, location. Mm. But he has a, a stipulation in there in small print with the interest rate. And so these he comes back to all of them saying, I'm going to take your business because you didn't make your payment like you should have. And now you had like a, they got this huge fine mm. behind the paperwork. So he's taking advantage of kind of older people that own businesses and that kind of thing. Damn. And so one of them is this lady who owns a, uh, like a restaurant, not, not a restaurant, but like a, I don't know, a gas station type of thing. I don't know, whatever. It, it, it's from the very first episode, but her son happens to be a boxer. Mm. <clears throat> and he comes back to see them, like, assaulting his mom, trying to take over the business. And he gets so aggravated seeing it that he has, he starts fighting his way through all of these guys mm. using his boxing skills. But the thing that was so cool about it is that all these shows are, like, always martial arts, blah, blah, blah. This this one is just like they're using just boxing yeah, skills, yeah, and they do it. The choreography is so on point. That was yeah. one of my questions I was going to have for you. Yeah, pretty authentic on the fight choreography, making it feel like it was a real fight. Oh, it was so good. I mean, you watch these fight scenes and you're just like, it reminds you of Ip Man. It's it's fantastic. Ip Man without the kicking, and without martial arts. <laughs> but but the further you get into it. You, it's not even so much about like the boxing or the martial arts or anything. It's about following the story of this guy. He gets hired by uh, a really wealthy guy to protect his daughter. Mm. Well, then you find out that the guy that hired him actually trained or was the protege of the guy that's the gangster kind of taking over everything. Mm -hmm. And so he's got him and his buddy that he uh, boxed against, uh, going around trying to protect this daughter. Well, then it turns into more of, like, this gangster's getting more and more into the things that these people are dealing with. I mean, it's really hard to explain. I mean, you have to watch it. It was probably 20 hours of... But was the narrative like it actually didn't, it, it was actually pretty gripping, like, meaningful stuff, not just as, like, a means to get to the fights? Yeah, yeah. The, there's actually probably only five fight scenes mm. in the entire series. Mm. So it totally goes away. I mean, that's how they start it, but it goes away from that. And it just shows like the progression of these characters dealing with this guy and how this guy, uh, this gangster guy is like making his way up the ladder, but it gets so insanely graphic and realistic mm. that you, I mean, you literally are just like, I could see this happening in real life. And the acting is 
awesome. The characters are so likable, and the the villains are so dislikable. I mean, this is a fantastic show series to watch if you can a lot, s- stand the subtitles. I think I, you told me it was like ten episodes, right, or right around there. I think yeah, I think it's eight. Eight. Okay. Yep. Yeah, but I think I don't I, mind subtitles. But, I don't mind but, but I, think I love e- subtitles. I think each episode though is like an hour to an hour and a half. Oh, okay. So oh, it's, I don't it's, mind a, that. it's, it's not a, short. It, oh, I don't mind that. Definitely requires you to, to not 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 some like quick uh, background doing. You got to make sure to give it some time. Yeah, and and I mean the guys. The reason they call it bloodhounds is because the 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 son who is the boxer, his mom. He you know he encounters this gangster. And so he has to pay him off because of this interest that uh, his mom has accrued. Uh, so that's why he goes to work for this other lone uh, short kind of guy. Yeah. And that's why he's a bloodhound because he's got his boxing skills. Yeah. To, so he's trying to make money protecting this guy's daughter mm. to be able to pay off this gangster's debt. Yeah. And then you find out that the gangster is just like, it, he's coming after all of them. Mm. Uh, you, you just got to watch it. Just watch it. So there you go, Bloodhounds. It's on yep. Netflix, folks. That sounds really like really. That looks interesting, honestly. Oh, and, yeah. and the, the like I said, the choreography and everything it is just on point. All right. Well, we got we got a little bit more show left to do here. We got a, a little bit of catch up for some upcoming new releases in the theaters and streaming services. And before we get there, though, we got to give a shout out to our last sponsor, River Cinema Fifteen and the Shire Bar and Grill. Make them your next dinner and a movie destination. They're located inside the River Mall in Grand For East Grand Forks. You can either dine inside the movie memorabilia laden restaurant, The Shire, or take the meal you have to the movie you're attending. Just take it to go. Some of this week's featured attractions. We, we already talked about a couple of them. The Flash and Transformers, Rise of the Beasts. Opening tonight here for the Thursday night first peak night in the evening hours, we have The Blackening, No Hard Feelings. And Victor, I did confirm it. Actually, I don't know if it's opening tonight officially in the preview, but I know tomorrow... Asteroid City is coming to River Cinema 15. If, if it actually does, I I, I'll, I'll, I'll believe I it when I see it. I'll believe it when I see it. I know you're, we're talking the weeks past. You're like, I'll believe I, it when I, I see it. No, they're not going to get it. But no, I'll believe it when I see it. According to their website, they're getting it on starting Friday. We'll see. So, uh, <laughs> at River Cinema 15, they got great specials. Tuesday, $5 movies all day long, and the 550 senior matinee specials on Wednesdays and Thursdays. Uh, just a perfect experience for dinner in a movie. River Cinema has luxury recliners and expanded concessions with uh, that now serve adult beverages, and it's family-owned and all operated by the same company that runs a grand theater in Crookston. And for their showtimes, morefamilytheaters.com, River Cinema Showtimes, rivercinema15.com. So, yeah, check them out, River Cinema 15 and the Shire Bar and Grill. So, I guess, speaking of movies and theaters and new releases, got a little bit of catch-up here from uh, streaming and theater new releases. I'll try and... Uh, rapid fire these a little bit this first one really caught my eye but then i found out they admitted that about 70 to 80 percent of it is artificial and they took some major creative liberties streaming movie on hulu and disney plus flaming hot we all know john roberts his go-to morning snack some uh flaming hot cheetos actually so this is actually the rags Very to, good the rags to riches story of richard montanas played by jesse garcia the janitor at frito-lay who maybe helped come up with a formula for flaming hot 
Cheetos. Uh, so yeah, I, I want to at least try and check out the first half hour. But uh, yeah, some creative liberties were taken from what I've read on this movie. Uh, next up on Apple TV Plus streaming series called The Crowded Room, where Tom Holland, Mr. Spider-Man, plays Danny Sullivan, a man who has been arrested for being involved in a shooting in New York City in 1979. Not the indie car driver. Uh, Amanda Seyfried stars as Rhea Goodwin, the interrogator, who interviews Danny after his arrest and helps piece together his mysterious past, which led to his involvement in the crime. Shout out to Tom Holland being sober for many years after the show. So, oh, did, well, did he go on a little skid skid there? Oh. Um, well, he he did. Uh, he went very intense in this show, and that caused him to be an alcoholic. Uh, luckily, he did get uh, counseling, and he's sober now. So good for right. him. Yeah. Very good for him. So, just noticed. Um, I feel bad that I cracked a joke about it, um, but. Uh, the people that were lost in that sub in the for the Titanic. Oh yeah, yeah, they're all confirmed dead. Oh no, uh, didn't they still have like it was like three or four days of air or something? Uh, there, they but, did, apparently, oh, they're confirmed that they're all dead. Oh so, crap! Pray, prayers to them and their family. Yeah, that is. Mm, oh my god, that is so. that is very unfortunate. Uh, yeah, gosh, I, I guess I hate to say I have no better way to segue. From off that, but no, yeah, uh, <laughs> derailed. Sad, yeah, how, sad how news, can sad you? News, but, uh, I mean, We'll try and do our best here to, to plug away here. But uh, next up, uh, we already talked, Paul already talked about uh, Bloodhounds that just hit Netflix. It's streaming on there. Uh, here's another Netflix movie that came out, sequel to a film, an uh, original action film starring Chris Hemsworth, uh, Extraction 2. I saw mm. the, I really dug I was going to watch extraction. that last night, but I yeah. got too tired. Yeah, I'm like, oh my God. Because the first one is awesome. Yeah, mm. really good. Chris Hemsworth, man, what a beast. Occasionally, Netflix will hit it out of the park with like these like theater quality, big budget action films. And the first Extraction, absolutely loved it. Chris Hemsworth, he returns as Tyler Rake, a former SAS officer and Black Ops mercenary. People he's rescuing are his ex-wife's family, also starring our uh, one of our favorites here on the past on big screens and TV streams. Yo, one Idris Elba. Let's go. No, Yo. Dude, oh, Idris Elba is awesome. Let's go, dude. Hopefully oh. it's awesome. Yes. Hopefully it's awesome. God, two right. badasses. What, what more can you ask for? Yeah. Next up, uh, I know this is a big hit for a lot of people, Outlander Season 7 on TV, traditional linear TV on Stars or on the Stars streaming app, and it's based on the seventh book in the series, and Echo in the Bone picks up where the last season left off, with Claire arrested for the murder of her former assistant, all while set in the midst of the American Revolution. Uh, next up on Paramount Plus, they have the season two premiere of Star Trek Strange New Worlds oh. uh, streaming on Paramount Plus. I'll talk about this in my quick takes here, so I'll just keep plugging, keep moving things along here. Uh, yeah, but yeah, it's a prequel series to the original Star Trek takes place uh, a little bit before that. Season two now on Paramount Plus, one episode a week. And next up, we already kind of talked about this in theaters, hit last Friday, The Flash. <laughs> so we already talked about it at the beginning of the show. Opening this Friday here, we got three films. Uh, the blackening. I'm very excited for that. Victor, why are you excited for this movie? Uh, just for the the funniness of the black. In case people didn't see the previews for this, it's where it centers around a group of black friends who reunite on a Juneteenth weekend getaway only to find themselves trapped in a remote cabin with a twisted killer. I, I love the fact that they're... It's like a satire take on um, Saw, kind of, right? In a way, yes, but I love the fact that they're trying to heed so like if you all don't know the tropes um give you a little synopsis on it so black people in in horror movies they die first so this is, it, 
having all black characters, which is hilarious. I, I want to see how this plays out. That, that's why I'm being excited for it. So I, the pre- that's a, that's a pretty good point. The, <laughs> right? <laughs> see? Dude, the, the preview, I when I saw the preview, some the one liners, they they went they went for it with the on the preview on the one liners. I'm like, wow, they're going there. So I, I, I kinda want to see it. I can prove I'm not black. I voted for Trump twice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that that line and then they even showed the fallout from that. Oh my God! Skinful, not <laughs> pinful. That last up, yeah. like we alluded to, you didn't uh, vote for Biden. You ain't black. <laughs> Asteroid City America. Uh, takes place in a fictional American desert town, circa 1955. The itinerary of a sci-fi convention is spectacularly disrupted by world-changing events. And if you're familiar with Wes Anderson movies in the past, you have Rushmore, yes. Grand Budapest Hotel, uh, so so many others. Very Beautiful. unique film style. Be- uh, Beautiful. I love. They're hilarious. He, I, I love the way he pans. Master of dry humor. Oh I dry humor is my favorite type of humor. Same. And, and it's very deliberate. Uh, just camera panning techniques. Just. I love his camera panning and the fact that he and I, I love the fact that he works with the Cohen, uh, the Coens as well as uh, well. Owen he didn't Wilson. Work. Yeah, this Owen is Wilson, Scarlett is, Johansson, and, Tom and Jason Schwartzman, like yeah. his main collaborator. His main collaborators, of course, Owen Wilson and the Wilson brothers, but Jason Schwartzman and Bill Murray and all them. Oh my God, I love them. I just, I, I think Dry Humor is so good because it, it just really captures like people's awkward. Yeah. expressions and moments yeah you know, you know the seinfeld master of the awkward moment that, yeah that, that, that in the know. office the original yeah, if office, you yeah. if you haven't seen the original office oh my god you you will just cringe you probably want to turn it off when you first see it because oh my god the british crazy. one is better oh, way better the, yeah that's why i was saying like the british one oh my god i couldn't even get through the first half of that it was so cringe ricky gervais oh, oh my man. god I'm <laughs> was that jeremy Servais? ricky gervais right ricky yeah. gervais yeah, yeah it's ricky gervais yep it's ricky gervais okay yeah. whoops hey he's also phenomenal in extras another very, great, great uh, dry, that show. Uh, awkward uh dry humor show still favorite line you want to know how you earn an oscar sorry no Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, so much stuff to catch up on here uh, for new releases there, but well worth it. They're jam-packed with a couple of weeks of shows and movies here. Uh, one, before we wrap up, a quick take, some GFBS plugs for what's hitting uh, this past week on GFBS. You know, Dirty Thursday was on earlier today live from the Red River, uh, or excuse me, the Greater Grand Forks Fairgrounds here, and John Roberts, he went to, he did some big-time networking to get on just a big old hodgepodge of local uh Dirt drivers. Uh, he had on uh, Jory Berg. He had on uh, Keegan Hauser. He had on Dustin Strand. Now a 100 plus River City Speedway feature winner here. You know River City Speedway directly behind me here. So uh, yeah, I think it was like what 10 guests about Paul? Yeah. Would you say? Yeah, 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 yeah. Just yeah. Don't miss it. Check it out. Dirty Thursday. River City Speedway presents Dirty Thursday. Uh, also going on later on tonight, Fork Sports Highway live at 6.30. They will be covering the latest big news as the NFL season opener creeps up and the baseball season plugs away and a lot of big news with contract signings and comings and goings in the, in the sports world. Monty and Bill, they will have you covered. On this Friday's Icky Ichabod's Weird Wrestling, Icky and a special guest, Jake from Rumors uh, Sports Bar and Grill, uh, they will be ranking the top five wrestlers of all time. So oh, That's going to be a hard it, one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They went all out covering so many styles and eras and generations. Yeah, don't miss it. I'll be airing this Friday tomorrow night. Uh, so, all right, let's wrap it up. Quick takes. What, anything else that we hey, haven't... Wait, didn't you do um oh the victor's action figures oh yeah i actually i i can't believe i jumped my notes can be a mess sometimes i had it in bold right before the streaming new releases thank you paul i'm i feel bad because 
we got a special camera set up here. We'll rotate it here in a bit. Victor, when I called you uh, earlier, or you called me trying to get directions for where to go, I heard this big just box jungling around in the background, and I'm yeah. like, what the heck is that? I bet those are Victor's action figures. And you did not disappoint. Somehow, we're outside, but we're under a canopy. I'm surprised at your action figures. Not a single one has fell down in the hour. That's what I thought, too. But I've been doing I did it for so many years, standing them up. So it's like, yeah, this is no. not going to fall. I guess without further, without further ado, I don't know if you could give the grand future uh, talking to segment for each and every one. Because you brought a ton of uh, yeah. figures here. Well, let's, let's get to it here. So Vic, as Victor... Don't watch me fall into the table. Yeah, uh, this is all right. It's okay. If it happens, it happens. As Victor, people, longtime listeners of the show know, Victor loves the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. And I see a variety of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle figures from all decades, all eras, NECA figures, original Playmates. Was it right, Victor? Yes. Playmates? They did yes. some of the original lines? Yes, absolutely original Playmates ones. Uh, you have your NECA ones, you have your original Playmates ones. Um, you have the 2003 ones, you have the uh, 2007, and pretty much all. So you have all villains, you have heroes, of course, and all the Ninja Turtles from past and present. Originally, all these Ninja Turtles, like, I've collected them for years. I do have more, but, uh, of course, I'm building up more into the collection. So Yeah, I don't know if you could tilt that mic a little more towards your way, if, if, if possible. If not, if that's... No, 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 no. I'd knock it over. Yeah. Oh, right. Okay, so, all right, there you go. You should be able to be fine to speak into it from there and just give the rundown there. So, yeah. so each of these, like I said, I, I have more... Look at that. How many is that, like a... a 50 at least? I want to say about, yeah, 50 almost. And it's going to be a lot more. Um, I need to get more villains. And it's uh, it's only because this is taking so long. Because uh, I know Comic-Con is pretty much, you know, not so far away. But they've really been slow with their re-releases of Ninja Turtles. And they came out with some epic Ninja Turtle figures, uh, which were the comic, uh, which were the original, not the original, but the... Um, IDW Ninja Turtle com uh, comic book ones, which were so awesome, and I hope to get those very soon. Um, but they're really slow coming out. Um, but all these guys, like I said, from past, present, and future, these are the original ones that I've had for many years. These are the new ones as well, too. Um, you got all Leonardo, Raphael, Michelangelo, Donatello. You got Splinter. You got Casey Jones. You got April as a power See, Michelangelo ranger. in a spacesuit. Yes, which is really, really fun. Um, that one, literally, you, you don't see it in the uh, 2003 version, which was kind of lame. I really wish they had put him in the space one in there. You did see him in the Battle Nexus kind of one um, in a spacesuit, but it was only for like a few seconds, so that kind of sucks. But still, um, all these from Donatello and all them, and you have all the villains. You have shredder you have the foot soldiers you have baxter stockman you have slash which is really fun and i mean there's so many of these guys uh like i said i love ninja turtles man and i can't wait for the movie to come out so this was just a promo for the movie really so i mean you got frankenstein Raphael, you got night watcher raf you got uh of course last ronin mikey you got pretty much all the ninja turtles from that you got the neca ninja turtles which are all through like right uh, here. man those neca figures i just love how they still capture the 80s look. That's what feel. I'm saying, yeah. man. They they do such a great job. They are expensive sometimes as hell. I see them in the stores. So they go for a hefty penny, but you get what you pay yeah, for. Exactly. Is and that a, is that a slasher I see back there? Yes. Or slash, right? Yes. No, no, no. You mean uh, the, the shredder Which the foot soldier? This one right here? No, the one behind it. This one right here? Is that a super oh, shredder? Yeah. So these... And the, and the foot soldier. Okay. Because look at, look at the... I mean, this is like straight out of the movie. Yeah. I don't think the camera's focusing. Sorry, sorry. Uh, oh, yep, here. Oh, 
There we are. You're a good Paul. You got them in front of the camera. They're a little blurry, but you can make them out here. Yep, there you go. Yeah. But yeah, so yeah, I want, yeah, I want yeah. you. Well, yeah, Paul, nerd out. What, what, what do you think? Why are these guys standing out the most to you? Oh, there's a mic there. Too. There's a mic. Yep. Oh, you mean go back a little bit, Paul? Is this? Are they showing up? Yeah, they are, but they're a little blurry. Maybe go back a little bit, down a little bit. Perfect. Yep. There you go. These are straight out of the movie. I mean, this is like a screenshot of the movie. The detail on these are so good. I, like, these are amazing action figures. I've, I've never seen action figures like this before. Victor, are those ones NECA as well? Yes, these are absolutely NECA. And NECA, like I said, they do a kick-ass job. It's like Paul said, it's like right out of the movie. It's like when the uh, Shredder jumped right down. Yeah, it's like right when he jumps down. And you, he's also, fun fact, if you actually take off his mask, you can see the scar that Splinter left on him. When he tried to attack, uh, yeah, like literally. You oh can wow, see it. that scar, level of detail. Oh, Victor right may go down just a little bit. The scar is uh, right. to your right a little bit. Right uh, to your uh, to your right. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Yeah, yeah. you good see stuff. the scar on him. He still's got the scar on him that Splinter gave him. Wow, Victor, that is amazing. Yeah, I, like I said, NECA man, NECA goes crazy with their figures. Expensive as hell, but man, they are so incredibly worth it. I, I dig the slash there in the background. Yes, and, and the Baxter Stockman. Same, I'm Baxter Stockman. Same, and and the fun and the fun thing is, I love that they turned him into a fly. So uh, the episode, which is called Enter a Fly, Enter the Fly, which was based on the original movie of the same name, The Fly. Uh, this is when Baxter Stockman, of course, turned himself into a fly accidentally, and he could. No no longer turn himself back. I, so. I see we got a comment about the turtles in the chat. Here, give a shout out to our friend John yeah. Falk. Uh, he says Casey Jones is the best of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle franchise. He, he is always loves so love for questions. Casey so Jones. One, I'm pretty sure this is a Power Ranger. Yes, but, <laughs> but the other one is I don't know who this is. Oh, that that is Renee. She is a time traveler who has helped the turtles many many of times in the comics. Look at the cans on her though. <laughs> oh god. I knew he was going to say that. I knew he was going to say Paul, what insightful, in-depth toy commentary do you have? <laughs> I don't know if you can but, see that, but it's hilarious. Like I said, man, they, they, NECA doesn't fool with their figures, man. They go full detail in that, and that they do, man. So, I mean, you got April as oh, a Power Ranger. she can do the splits. Okay. Yeah, she, you got April as a Power Ranger. Victor, I think there's a term in the toy world with some of that level of detail. It's called fan service or something, right? It is fan service indeed, and they definitely delivered on that. That and April. Like I said, this was literally when, um, if you guys didn't know, the Ninja Turtles and Power Rangers have been working together for so many years, and I don't care what anybody says. When I was a kid and I saw Ninja Turtles hooking up with the Power Rangers, literally, they fought aliens together. That was one of the coolest moments ever. I didn't care if the everyone said that the costumes were creepy and all that. Again, this was in the late 90s, okay? They didn't have very much technology. They didn't have Jim Henson to back them up anymore. So, I mean, they did good. They did amazing. I love the fact that, again, you got Ninja Turtles powering up with the with the Power Rangers, guys. I mean, come on. That's freaking amazing. Well, I mean, Vic, And I guess, Victor, uh, maybe to wrap it up here, I saw you, it looks like you got uh, a play set. Is that, a, is it, do they still call them play sets in the toy world? It, they do. Okay. Uh, so uh, I'll tilt the camera here to, to catch it here. So yeah. why don't you talk, to introduce this. Yes, yeah, so guys, I gotta tell you, um, 
you know, having all these Ninja Turtle figures, I mean, it's got to be a bitch carrying them around all the time. You know, you don't want to just, like, carry them around all the time with your hands because that gets exhausting, right? So... When I was a kid, I got this. I remember getting this Christmas Day. This was the 2003 Ninja Turtle uh, Turtle Lair playset. Now, it's different from the show, obviously. Um, now, this was their old lair that they had when they in the first episode. You see that their old lair. They got, of course, they got a train area right here, if you can see, and they of course got the couch. Of course, where they can watch a hundred of their TVs right here, Mikey's idea. And of course, they got an elevator which goes up, and there they got the manhole cover right here, so it goes up and down right there. They got the battle area where they practice fighting, of course. They got a trap door right here, uh, which is really cool. Um, it came off, of course. And of course, they do have, uh, and I'll show you little battle area where they train and they of course have fun with their weapons of course if you can see that so I mean I know it's not put together you know because it fell apart uh, but this is what I've had for so many years you guys and I thought man you know what I I can't carry all my Ninja Turtles like this because that'd be foolish right so this connects and it, you can put all your Ninja Turtles in here, and guess what? It has a folding case, and you can take it wherever you want to go, to a friend's house, to a movie theater, wherever you want right, to take Victor, it. All right, Victor, burning question. How many orders for how much can they get all these turtles in place at four? <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, if you if you This has got to really, be well into the four digits. But wait, there's more. But wait, there's <laughs> right. more. There Order is now. More. There, there is more, honestly. There is more, um, but, of course, I had to bring all these guys first because oh. I couldn't bring the rest of them. The rest of them are in a crate, so... Victor, like I said. This was like the ultimate action figure showcase. You <laughs> delivered for the fair, man. <laughs> well, I want. Well, you know, like I said, I I love being on this show, you guys, and I love nerding out. So I mean, whatever chance I get to nerd out on here is just an absolute pleasure and a half. So all I right. mean, like I said, you all can get these for the additional price of <laughs> two thousand. I'm just kidding. I'm sure. <laughs> go to your local retailers. Look yes. online, eBay, right? Yes, absolutely. Go to your retail stores. Um, I know that Toys R Us no longer exists. But they said they're bringing it back, so you may never know. A little hope, for example, maybe, but you never know. Like I said, go to your retail stores, go to eBay, go to wherever, but you can get all these guys on wherever platform you can go on to to get them. All so. right. Well, Victor, thank you again, man, and major props. The wind, it got a little breezy here, but they, other than what we, the, the figures you guys messed around with, they, all of them, they somehow stood still throughout this entire broadcast. Big the wind, ups. The wind cannot knock down turtle power. All right. So. Well. Let's, let's keep things rolling along here. We got a little bit of show to wrap up here. We just got our uh, quick takes here. So what we've watched or plan on watching this past week here, I'll Paul, I'll throw it to you first here. I'll get I'll get us situated here to get get us back on with our stream here. But uh, so what have you seen besides uh, Bloodhounds? And uh, I I saw I saw you. Re me and you are both watching the Arnold documentary, but before we got out of that, I saw you rewatched Creed three recently, right? Yeah, yeah, I, I rewatched it. Um, I thought it was a lot better uh, the second time around. Oh yeah, sorry, I forgot to oh, adjust the camera. You know, uh, if you adjust the, uh, all right, still on the end. <laughs> you got her. Yep, we got her. Um, yeah, Creed three. I, I, you know, second time around, I thought it was a lot better than the first time I watched it. The the fight scenes, the choreography and everything was really good. Um, I, I wouldn't say it's like the greatest movie on earth, but 
you know, just rewatching it, uh, I had a, a better impression than my initial one. Yeah, I I really like Creed three and you know Jonathan Majors way they introduced that arc. I liked it better than uh, I liked it better. Well, other than the fact it's just weird without Sylvester Sloan not yeah. being in there. That seemed like a weird. I I think because yeah, didn't we see that together when we were walking out? Yeah. We're kind of like mind boggled because. Did they kill off Rocky? Can't remember. <laughs> like they don't. They gave like one vague, indirect reference to him, and yeah, weird. But I don't. Just if you ignore that, it's a, it's a, it's a good film. Yeah, yeah, no, you know, I, I thought it, I thought it was decent. Um, but you uh, reference like uh, that Arnold Netflix. Yeah, I had never realized how much Arnold Schwarzenegger, like, went through to become who he is. Yeah. I mean, talk about uh rags to riches story yeah you know this guy's from across the earth and austria and you know and he he makes his way to mr olympia and then he becomes a superstar actor yeah and then he gets into politics and i mean the drive that he had yeah was remarkable and one of the things that was like i thought was really cool in the very first part of it i mean it's also kind of cruel but he talked about um, how his dad, apparently he was a, a police chief in mm. Austria, but he would make them, him and his brother, like do a chore before they could get anything. So like they would have to do something before they could even get breakfast. Yeah. And old I mean, school. Yeah, he was I mean, an old school dude, man. You know, and so to be able to have that mentality is what had got him to become the perfect man yeah you know as far as like muscular or whatever and i mean kind of drove that uh indirectly drove that mentality you know you gotta do hard work to get you know hard definitive results well i'm pretty and i know that they didn't put this in the documentary but um when his father passed away um they had actually when he was doing mr olympia they gave him a call saying your father passed away and then he was like well, I can't do anything about that. I'm doing Mr. Olympia right now. So, I mean, and it may sound pretty cruel to say that, but he, but like you said, he was such a driven person. His his only one focus was just go. Yeah, I mean, he even says it. He's like, you know, um, you know, shit happens. Yeah. I, but my life, my life doesn't stop because yeah. of that. Yeah. I got, I got to keep going on with my life. Yeah. Uh, you know, and so to just, just to see how he came to be who he is, because people don't realize how old he actually is, yeah, too. I dude. mean, but the guy is a beast. And God, if you look at him, dude. Yeah, and, oh you know, God. even when he's talking about, you know, going to Mr. Olympia, and, you know, obviously people take steroids, but you don't just take steroids no. and look like that. No. You have to put in the, a lot of oh, work oh, yeah. to be able to get there. Yeah, I'm only about halfway through. It's a three-part. Uh, each part is an hour long on Netflix. It's just called Arnold. I'm about almost all the way through part two. But yeah, part one is all about his uh, just his being an athlete, being in the weightlifting competition, like because he spent like up until like the early seventies, late six, all the sixties, like a good what fifteen years yeah. in that lifestyle. And even uh, pa, uh, the the last part's the, all about his political the, career, the Olympia, right? yeah. like the muscle build, not powerlifters. What are they called? Um, oh, yeah, that's, Mr. That's Olympia, a, Mr. Yeah, Universe. Yeah, you know, but um, the bodybuilders, bodybuilders. Yeah. Even all of them today say. He's still the GOAT yeah. because nobody can achieve yeah. his chest. Yeah. Nobody. His chest is the biggest that yeah. no like 
they, and nobody yeah. can nobody can achieve it. Like yeah, I, 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 I knew some of the broad strokes about Arnold's uh, weightlifting background. I never got around to seeing pumping iron. I always wanted to see pumping iron, but they they go in depth on his. I'm surprised at the amount of detail they went into his whole weightlifting career and background. And just growing up too, that was very very insightful. I got a lot out of it. And then just the second part, it, what, did it seem like maybe one hour was too quick to cover his big broad movie career? Uh, I kind of. I mean, you know, they made that point where, you know, he's already Mr. Olympia. He's already got the recognition. But then he calls up the guy that says, you know, I want to get into acting. And the, what the guy said, he's like, he doesn't want to be an actor. He wants, he to, be wants to be a star. star. Yeah. yeah. You know, I think and, it was James Cameron maybe saying that. Uh, uh, yeah. For the yeah. That, I think that so. Was, yep. yep. That was James Cameron who said he doesn't want to be Baker, an actor. You saw it too then? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, well, not only that, but I mean, um, the his life dude was so crazy and i love james cameron because when they first met each other they, you know you know james cameron very hard man to work with but he gives you results and so when he first met him he was like i like this guy already just because he uh and they didn't i don't know if they put this in the documentary either he he was in the military um and then he he was doing a competition so he literally jumped like out of his, uh, which you're not supposed to do. You're not supposed to leave the base at all. He literally left. He did, did talk you, about leaving. Okay, did yeah. he? Okay, yeah. Yep. And I, I thought that was so funny. And then he came back and then he's like, soldier, did you win? He's like, yeah. He's like, all right, I want you to teach all these young men how to do it. And he's like, okay, cool. <laughs> now, I didn't get a chance. To, I will wrap this up probably in, within the next few days here. But how did you feel they portrayed the last part focusing on his political career? I thought, I thought it was pretty good. I mean, you know, he, he talked about how he had that influence and everything. And he, you know, as being an actor and knowing how to get in front of a crowd, yeah, he he totally nailed it. Yeah. Because I remember when it led up to it in the late night talk show scene, they're just I didn't ripping know he on him. They thought it was a I joke. I didn't know he ran as a Republican, though. Oh, yeah. 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 Yep. Yep. And because uh, he's totally not a Republican. <laughs> yeah. I remember. Yeah, he's, a was, he's a rhino. Yeah. People yeah. were. <laughs> <laughs> treating it as like a joke it wasn't going to happen and he kind of just surprised everyone and yep. yeah so it was kind of interesting was, how yeah, that gets portrayed. I, I, it was actually kind of cool because he talked about you know uh most people they go for county commission and blah 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 and he's like work no. their way up and he's like no i'm just gonna go for governor yeah with it. I'm, uh, I'm going right to the top yeah gosh yeah so there you go like arnold netflix that, Kanye. It's just, called, <laughs> just called arnold on netflix yeah. I, I i mean if he ran for president, he would have won. Oh yeah, but he couldn't. Yeah, yeah. But if he if he had the capability to run for president, he would be our president yeah. for eight years, I, guaranteed. I, I, honestly, I could see it. I could see it. Yeah. He's uh, got the drive for it. I, I wouldn't. Sure. I wouldn't agree with it. I yeah. wouldn't vote for him. Right. But he would win. Any other quick takes, Paul? Um. I don't know. We're at the fair. Yeah, we're at the fair. <laughs> we're going to join the fair. The fair. <laughs> got some more broadcasts coming up later today. Look forward to doing sports. And got some downtime in between there. So it's it's going to be quite the day. Love the Grand Forks Fair. Thank, I don't uh, I, I don't want to jinx anything. Luckily, weather's been playing on our side so far. <laughs> but uh, we're under the awesome canopy here at the Beer Gardens. So stop by, say hello. Uh, we'll be here for a good several more hours still. So, yeah, a lot more good things to come. And, yeah, and get some come up with a question or comment during the sports show tonight, get some awesome GFBS gear. Uh, Victor, uh, quick takes. Oh, I am super excited because, guys, let me tell you something. I have been waiting for this Spider-Man villain to come out with his own movie, and sure enough, they did. Uh, Mr. Aaron Taylor, uh, who who is now, of course, married now, so he still kept his name. But Mr. Aaron Taylor, he who played the Quicksilver in the Avengers movies, um, 
which I thought was so crazy, but man, he got jacked. He got jacked. Mr. Aaron, Aaron Taylor Johnson got so jacked Wait. and ripped for Craven the Hunter. And man, did which he... Quicksilver? Uh, Pedro from uh, yep. Yep. from See, the second Avengers movie. Yep, not, from, not from the Age Days of Ultron. Of Future, not the Days of Future Past Quicksilver. No, not that one. Yeah. Not that one. But uh, uh, but of course they they do match up in movies. So of course, in in the sense they are the same character, but not the same actor. But yes, uh, he got ripped and jacked to play Craven the Hunter, which he is one of my favorite Spider-Man villains. And man, they what I didn't understand about this movie, uh, of course, even going into the trailer, was that, I mean, they made this so rated R, but they didn't make the rest of them rated R. They didn't make Morbius rated R. They didn't make Venom rated R or Carnage, any of them, which I thought was very surprising, but not really, because, I mean, they're trying to appeal to kids, which is which is understandable, it's fair, but Craven, man, I Wait, mean, oh. Is, was he the guy that was in, um, it was it not, not super bad, maybe, maybe that was the name, of it. the, so it was the guy that became kind of like a superhero because he got in an accident and he couldn't feel, it was oh, Nicholas. Oh, Kick-Ass. Kick-Ass, yeah. yes. Oh, yep, that's w- wasn't he Kick-Ass? Yep, he was Kick-Ass, yeah. Yeah, that is a great yeah. movie. Love that movie. Mm. Oh, fantastic w- movie. Wonderful job uh, by, of course, writer Mark Miller. I love him. I love his stories. And, man, what what better way to tell how to be a superhero than Kick-Ass? Yeah, but you did bring up something, too, that uh, I, I think is interesting that it hasn't been done yet, but why don't they make a... Movie where it's the villain, and and you follow the villain, and the villain wins. Th- that probably they, they kind of have some they, anti-hero movies. They but, have yeah. anti-hero movies, but anti-hero, no, I'm not saying anti-hero. I'm saying yeah, straight up anti- villain. villain. Yeah, like, but, like oh, just yeah, make but, the like no, no, let's just let the joke. villain win. We, we do Joker. Yes, we have, we have Joker, but then he doesn't really win at the end of it. So. That kind of, I mean, we want. I mean, it kind of comes out on top. I mean, why, why in, not Doctor Doom? How about Doctor Doom? We make a movie with Doctor Doom, and oh, he actually wins. He gets he, say, his plans come to fruition. I was about to say, if they did that, Lord only knows. I, they've already, fit, like I said, you've already done so many Fantastic Four movies. If you get this one, let's not get big for our britches here. If they can pull off this Fantastic Four movie. Then we can talk about Doctor Doom because I've been wanting to do a Doctor Doom movie, and heck, I've been wanting to do a lot of well, villain movies for I, a lot I guess of years. I, I guess I can retract that a little bit because of the first Avengers, Thanos does actually win. He does. He does. The first of the first Avengers, he does. Uh, even, Infinity so, War, right? Yeah, yeah. Infinity yeah. War. Even though that he, he, as he says, you know, I, I was made to lose. Which is which is really funny how he says that in the comics as well as in the movie. He was made to lose and he was born to lose. He doesn't care about losing as long as his plans come to fruition. He doesn't care if he's dead or he loses. That's why in the end game, as you all saw, when he was just sitting there and he's like, "I know my time came to an end, but at least I did what I set out to do." So I mean, like Paul, I want them. I'm glad that they come out with a new villain movie that. We can actually follow the villain, and from his rise to pa- like rise to being like an absolute. I think Doctor Doom would be perfect. I think so too, man. But when, let's get the Fantastic Four movie out and see how that goes, and hopefully they'll just do Doctor Doom. Victor, any other quick takes? Oh yeah, um, 
Spider-Man, of course, uh, uh, we of course we talked about it. Um, they're doing another one. Uh, Tom Holland will be returning for the next Spider-Man movies uh, throughout, which I'm very excited for. Also, uh, Andrew Garfield and of course to uh, Tobey Maguire will be joining him. It'll be another like, crossover event. Yep. So they will. Hey, be that is actually awesome. They will be rejoining him very soon. So I'm very excited about that. Oh, and uh, of course, to celebrate and to commemorate, of course, uh, like I said, cannot wait to see uh, my boys, uh, of course, as you all saw, my boys in green uh, come back on the big screen very, very soon. Uh, now this is gonna be Seth Rogen's depiction of them, so they're actually teenagers, so I'm I'm really excited to see what uh, they'll do with this one. It's cartoon though, right? Yeah, it's it's like a Spider-Man yeah, and Spider-Verse kind of That comic. across the Spider-Verse yeah. art style. Yeah, and comic book-ish wise, which I'm very excited for, so I'm really excited to see. Do people. you recall the release for that again? Off the top of your head, I forget. So, so later was, this year, right? So, yeah, it's supposed to be June, around, not June, excuse me. Um, July sometime? July, yeah, okay. around July. So so just, yeah. just a few weeks out or so? Yep, so, but, but like I said, don't get, caught up with the times or get caught up with the date because it might change so we never know so all right good deal anything else victor no that's pretty much all it, right man. uh i guess for me well as i alluded to uh star trek strange new world season two premiere last week on uh on Paramount Plus. So the uh, kind of, you know, Captain Pike, he's a focus, and he's only there for like the first five or 10 minutes. They have a little storyline <laughs> angle to work him off. Uh, there well, he kind of goes on a mission. So it's focused on uh, Mr. Spock being the temporary captain of the Enterprise. And, you know, and you know, Pike at the beginning is like, oh, don't worry, Spock, you got this. We're on, we're on shore leave getting repairs and routine maintenance. Everything's gonna be a-okay until it's not. And Spock decides he has to steal the Enterprise to go on an emergency mission to Hell yeah. gain contact with a cast member from last season. Hell and yeah. just the way they get there, and you know, they're dealing with Klingons before they're officially at war, but tensions are pretty much whoever flinches first gives them clear, clear cause to go into war and ignite this war they're just building up and brewing into. And just while they find and play that political diplomacy game that Star Trek is known for and that Strange New Worlds just depicted so well it was a great homage to original episodic Star Trek and unlike it, with its first season of Strange New Worlds it, it wasn't like Discovery where they're trying to build this grand serial uh, story arc where it's trying to build episode after episode into this big season spanning arc and you get all this craziness that it just gets lost in the shuffle here it's in each episode is its own self-contained story while the characters kind of uh they get layers and new newfound wrinkles throughout the season goes along but you don't have to watch them in any certain order you can jump to any episode and just not get lost and that's why i loved strange new world so much more than all the other star trek shows picard or discovery so hopefully the rest of season two will be just as good as this first episode of the season two premiere Find it on Paramount Plus. Also on Paramount Plus, <laughs> Beavis and Butthead. They continue. Uh, wait, 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 really quick though. Did you see my new uh, Klingon war warship tattoo? You got a tattoo? Oh. Wait. 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 Uh, Paul's off camera. I am not. I can't. Are you talking about your wristband? No, it's invisible. Huh. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Here, you get a sound effect for that. <laughs> Out. <laughs> All right. But no, yeah, Beavis and Butthead also on uh, <laughs> Paramount Plus, keeping up with their crazy hijinks. Late, latest episode is all about them becoming hoarders because they think that will lead them to their goal of scoring. And then also acupuncture. Beavis just discovers the wonder of acupuncture. And yeah, <laughs> great payoffs for both episodes. Oh great, my God. Qu great quick little garbage watching. I enjoy it. It's guilty pleasure. And then, you know, like, like, like 
we already covered the Arnold documentary on Netflix. Got a little over one part left. So those are my quick takes. A reminder, we are on the every other week schedule here on Big Screens and TV Streams. So they're about September here. So find us each and every other uh, Thursday streaming live at 1 o'clock. And like I said here, Forks Sports Highway will still be here live at the Greater Grand Forks Fairgrounds streaming Forks Sports Highway at 6.30 here. Make sure to tune in then. And we welcome you to join us live for all future episodes every other Thursday, 1 p.m., gfbestsource.com. Find past episodes by subscribing to GFBS everywhere you find podcasts and social media. As mentioned earlier, support GFBS by hitting that donate link on top of the gfbestsource.com website or leave us a five-star review on Google or your go-to podcast app. And with that, many thanks for having me as part of your day. Well, many thanks to Victor. Thank you, guys. I always appreciate it. And remember, just because we change the schedule does not mean we cannot give you more of what you want because right. we always will. We cramped a ton yes, into today's show. Yes, we did. Many thanks to rock and or roll producer Paul. Yeah, okay. <laughs> we he always rocks and rolls. That's right. We'll see you all in two weeks with our future. It's going to be a big episode in a couple of weeks. I, I definitely want to see Asteroid City. Yes. I want, I want to see a Extraction 2. Expect well, some coverage on those. And most importantly, the big blockbuster theatrical release, Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. Yeah. A couple weeks out. Go Harrison. Guessing we'll probably have some talk about that. It's going to be a jam-packed show in a couple of weeks. We'll see you then, everyone. Goodbye.